Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. GM Zingers, my name is Logan Ross, and I'd like to welcome you back to Flight 76 aboard the Moon or Bust rocket ship, your home for all things altcoins and DeFi. Today, we're going to be talking about our crypto strategies for 2022 uh, and giving you our top picks, our top macro trends that that we're going to be following this year. Uh, So stick around, stay tuned, smash the like button, we'll get right into it. Happy Mutant Monday, Ryan. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Logan. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. I just realized how goofy I look with, with my hood up on this stream, though. So I'm yeah, going to fix that real quick. Take that down real okay. fast. Okay. It's been forever since we've done a show, though. It's been since last year. Man, that's not funny. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so I already talked a little bit about what we going on. Uh, what's going on in today's show? Do you have anything uh, to add to that? No, I'm excited to talk about NFTs after we get into the crypto markets. That should be good. NFTs are popping off again in January. I think that will continue, but we will look more into that. Probably around 2.30, 2.20. Most definitely. Uh, so s- drop a comment. Let us know what uh, cryptos, NFT projects you guys are looking at this year. What are you most bullish on going into 2022? Let us know down below, right below that like button, which you already smashed. Uh, and if we get time, which we should have at the end, we will take a look at all uh, uh, of your guys' picks as well as our own. But Boy, Ryan, do I have some charts for you today. So if you could keep an eye on the comments for us, I'm going to throw my screen up uh, and I won't be able to see them after that. So sure let's thing. just just get right into it. So hold up CoinMarketCap. Um, where do you want to start? Should we take a little overview? Should we jump right into Bitcoin? What do you think? You no, know, overview would be good. We're seeing a lot of red in the markets. Not really too much that's up. So maybe we just jump right into Bitcoin. I think there are a couple coins in the green on the weekly, but not very many. Maybe a couple layer one smart contract blockchains. Are you seeing anything, Logan? Ooh, look I'm at still, that. I'm Cosmos plus 20 on the seven day plus nine on the one day. That's nice. Phantom as well. Yeah, these uh, scaling solutions, these big blockchains, they're doing pretty well right now. Uh, and we'll we'll touch on that and other blockchain uh, sectors that we think are going to be really huge this year. But let's just jump right into Bitcoin. OK, so uh, I'm going to start off. We're very, very, very zoomed out. OK, here is the previous market cycle top back in 2017, uh, which we retested in July. Uh, and, and now we are maybe going for the second leg of our market cycle, now, right? We didn't retest the $20,000 mark, but we retested it accounting for the money supply, right? So does this account for the money supply? What chart are we looking at? Exactly. Here? Right here, we are looking at the price of Bitcoin accounting for the money supply. So accounting for the changes in inflation, the the much higher inflation that we're seeing these days, we actually did retest that previous market cycle all-time high in July. If you look at it on a normal BTC USD chart, you won't see the same thing. Uh, but this is an interesting perspective, just another way of thinking about it, another another model to look at. Um, Ryan, do you think that this is is useful to account for inflation here? Yeah, I think it's useful. You should definitely account for inflation when you're looking at things in terms of USD. And I think the chart does look bullish, right? We're not going straight up right now, which is typically a good sign. So I I think 2022 does have a lot of room for Bitcoin to grow. And I hope to see a six-figure Bitcoin come, you know, Q4, Q3, 2022. 
So if we zoom into 2021, we see we started it off right here. Here's the first weekly candle and here's the last weekly candle, more or less sideways. Consolidation year, I think, is is the theme. Yeah. 2021 as a consolidation year. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, we definitely went sideways for basically the whole year. And it didn't really seem like that because NFTs took off over the summer when crypto was flat. Mm -hmm. And we had DeFi take off at the beginning of the year. So we had all these subsectors doing really well, but at different times. But overall, the entire market really has been flat over 2021. And I'm hoping that changes in 2022 where we see a parabolic rise. I think we just might. Uh, let's head on over to ETH. Here we have the daily candles, a little bit more zoomed in, uh, but we can still see pretty much the whole year here. So uh, Ryan, I'll let you take it away. What, what thoughts do you have on ETH 2021 year in review? Year in review, I mean, we've been on a steady uptrend and we've been on a steady uptrend against Bitcoin. So I think both of those things are really good. And we'll take a look at Glassnode in a little bit. That's some on-chain analytics so we can see where all of this Ethereum is moving. A lot of it's going into DeFi, into Ethereum 2.0 and into NFTs. Uh, but yeah, a very bullish year for Ethereum, more so than Bitcoin and more mm -hmm. so than a lot of altcoins. At the beginning of the year, you know, DeFi tokens bucks. were really taking off. But throughout 2021, they bled against Ethereum. You would be better off in Ethereum over 2021 and over the long term in most cases than a lot of these other altcoins. So extremely bullish year for Ethereum, even though the crypto markets have been relatively flat, like we said. So I think heading into 2021 or I'm sorry, 2022, it'll be a really good year for Ethereum. Uh, but we'll, we will soon find out over the course of the year. I think Q1 might be for NFTs, Q2, Q3 for Ethereum. Uh, would you say that you'd agree with that, Logan, or do you have a different outlook? But can you say that again? Do you think that NFTs might be taking over Q1 of 2022 and then we might see Ethereum and some of these major cryptocurrencies you know, pop off maybe in Q2, Q3 2022? Or do you think it would come sooner? Yeah, so that's that's a great question, right? Um, I think that we will definitely see the NFT bubble uh, come and go before we see the ETH and Bitcoin uh, bubble come and go. I think that I'm leaning towards the the first half of the year, um, but really more than the half of the year, I think it, it depends on when the Fed begins tapering and when we see the interest rate hike. So this is when a lot of investors are going to start uh, going risk off. They're not able to borrow money to invest as cheaply. Um, so we're going to see a, a drop uh, typically historically when these uh, when we see an interest rate hikes, we see the market uh, go down a little bit. So I think that's really going to be the dividing line, right? And so the question for me is, do we see the top of the bull run before the interest rate hikes uh, and people risk off from crypto the same way they risk off from the rest of the market? Or do we see the super cycle coming after the interest rate hikes? Do people risk off out of stocks and into crypto assets to hedge against inflation? Could this actually be the the spark that we need to take Bitcoin to you know, almost 200K maybe. Um, let us know what you guys think down there in the comments. Ryan, do we have any good comments so far? I don't have the restream pulled up. If you can send me the link, I can track it on my laptop, but I am not currently following the comments. I know, I know. Just fire me already, Logan. I wish I could, man. I wish I could. Can you get me that link? <laughs> Uh, not well, I'm sharing my screen, but eventually, yeah. Um, okay. So here we have the Matic Ethereum pair. So, uh, I wanted to, to take a look at a couple of our favorite altcoins going into 2022, uh, but I wanted to chart them against 
ETH instead of USD or Bitcoin. So here we have Matic ETH. This goes back to basically the beginning of 2021. Uh, this pair has been trading on Hubi Global since then. And we saw a huge breakout into the uh, first half of the market cycle. And, and since then, it's basically been consolidation and sideways. However, we are approaching new all-time highs, at least this market cycle. Uh, so Ryan, what do you think? Are you going to be selling any of your ETH into Matic uh, or the other way around? No, I'm currently not making any plays on Matic, but I do think it looks really strong. There's been newfound attention on Polygon since they've been talking about their zero knowledge proofs, which Vitalik Buterin, the co-founder of Ethereum, really supports. So I think that's where a lot of this hype is coming from. Mm -hmm. I think they're about to have a really good 2022. I wouldn't be surprised if Matic hits $10 this year. You heard it here first, folks. Ryan's calling for the $10 Matic in 2022. Of course, Matic is trading hands right now for around $2.50. Nice little 300% return uh, if you're correct there, and Ryan. Now, do you have a position in, in Matic? Uh, I have a position in Matic through the MDAO, the, uh, the University of Michigan, not affiliated with the University of Michigan, <laughs> but University of Michigan students made a decentralized autonomous organization. And we do have a heavy allocation in Polygon Matic right now. And that's been doing extremely well for us. We're up over 100% on that position so far. So I'll be holding on to that. I won't be making any proposals to swap out of that large Matic position just yet. I think Polygon's been doing really strong. And I think it will continue to do so uh, within the next few quarters of the year. Right. And we were, when we were setting up the DAO, it was around a dollar per Matic. Uh, and now we're doing pretty, pretty well. So I'm looking to to continue to increase my Matic position. I might even uh, take some of my profits off of ETH and, and shift them into Matic uh, just because I think that that uh, 2022 will be the layer two year uh, L222 is what they're calling it, I guess, L222. Um, but basically, the these L2 ecosystems, they're helping to scale Ethereum uh, as the ETH2 roadmap, sh roadmap shifts away from the shard chains and towards using the ongoing scaling projects like Polygon, Arbitrum, Optimism, ZK Sync, uh, and, and so on, right? So the, the core Ethereum dev team is honed in on the switch to proof of stake, right? This is something that, uh, you know, a, a team, a project that's not uh, the core dev team probably couldn't pull off. I don't think the community could really get behind um, and approve any proof of stake upgrades that aren't from, you know, Vitalik himself, basically. Uh, however, scaling um, these, these larger blockchains, I think there's already been a lot of support signaling the acceptance from the community um, about letting other teams do this. Like Polygon is one of them. Um, the, the other few that I just mentioned, but Polygon is the only one that has a token right now. Uh, some more of them may be releasing tokens later on in 2022. Uh, and we're going to give you some tips on how you might be able to snag those airdrops when they do. So make sure to stay tuned for that. If you've ever claimed an airdrop before, drop a comment down below. I want to know which one uh, and we'll show you uh, in a little bit. But Ryan, do you have any other comment thoughts on this Matic ETH chart or yeah, Matic in general? Yeah, Logan, I have a question for you about Matic. So say Matic sees a huge amount of mainstream adoption in 2022, you know, with exchanges being able to take Matic off in the exchange and put it right on Matic network. And a lot of people are using it. Do you think that Ethereum 2.0 could get thrown in the trash and they'll just say, F it, we'll use Polygon instead. It's already developed. It already has applications on it. Or do you think ETH 2.0 is coming regardless? 
Well, okay, so here's the thing, right? There were two main uh, parts to the Ethereum 2.0 upgrade. The, the first part was increasing capacity and throughput, right? So what they were doing is planning on adding 64 new shard chains, they were called, which are basically like uh, extra space for the Ethereum mainnet, more room to fit in transactions. The second and, and other critical part of the ETH2 update was the, the consensus change from proof of work to proof of stake. So this is the, the beacon chain is the proof of cha uh, stake chain that has been launched. It's been live for a while and now they're figuring out how to merge the two. Uh, so because of Solana um, and Avalanche, all these other proof of stake first blockchains um, that have come out of the gate stealing TVL from Ethereum, the Ethereum Foundation has made the decision to prioritize the, ch the change to proof of stake, right? So this is basically what ETH 2.0 will become, right? So the, the shard chains are, are basically no more. They're focusing on uh, letting the L2 ecosystem scale the throughput while they work on changing the consensus. So do I think that they'll just like scrap it? No, I think that they'll uh, take the change to proof of stake and, and you know, call it done there. I mean, that's really the most important thing, in my opinion. Would you agree? Yeah, I think that's the most important thing. I think sharding is a lot more complicated than proof of stake. We don't see as many layer one blockchains do sharding, but we see a lot of them do proof of stake, right? So there's a lot of examples Ethereum can look at, see what works, see what doesn't work. So I think it's an easier process to change to proof of stake than it would be to do proof of stake and sharding all in one upgrade. And of course, you know, you could you could start sharding, you know, later on down the line once Ethereum 2.0 is out, if it's even necessary. With layer twos, it's really hard to tell what's necessary and what's not before it's actually being used, right? Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, okay, so we do have a lot of good comments now. I finally got a chance to take a look at them. Uh, what's up to all the OGs that are coming by just like they do every day? I see you out there. Uh, and we do have a lot of cool picks. So Ryan, I'm going to pull them up. I want you to give an immediate gut reaction, moon or bust. Anchor is the next soul. Bust, but uh, take that with a grain of salt. I've heard of Anchor a few times. I haven't looked into it in a long time. Last time uh, I heard about Anchor was probably writing an article about it six to nine months ago. So I definitely have to look in, see how the ecosystem's developing, see what the development team is like, and see what the adoption is on chain. Uh, but you want to take a look at it? Go yeah, uh, I'm going to pull it up a little bit because to my recollection, Anchor was not, uh, you know, so much as a strict Solana competitor. It was more. Um, Blockchain node hosting solutions, according to CoinMarketCap, right? So uh, it's not trying to replace Solana. It's not trying to be the next Solana. It's just providing another part of the blockchain infrastructure. Um, so yeah, I mean, maybe they're they're saying that uh, with the idea that it's going to go on a price run similar to uh, Solana. Um, I mean, I can't really uh, make any promises or guarantees. I have not been following along with uh, ANKR's technicals, although it is down significantly from its uh, high earlier this year. Actually, I guess maybe not. It's gone from like 11 cents to 10 cents. Not too drastic. Well, back in, in March, it looks like it hit its all-time high just below 20 cents. Now we're trading at 11 cents, so it is close to 50% down from all-time highs. Uh, and we did see a peak back up to about 17 and a half cents back in November, late November. So, okay. uh, yeah, I mean, we're down from all time highs, but I mean, it's it's following the general crypto market pretty closely, I'd say. You know what I did? I clicked on the year to date chart, uh, which showed me three days and 
not 2021. Oh, gotcha. Not going to be able to do that anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. Next comment. Let's see. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Cro. Crypto.com. I think it's a moon. What do you think, Logan? Yeah, I agree with you. Keep it keep it short and sweet. I think that all exchange tokens will will be pretty good in 2022. Yeah, really depending on what they do with it. I think if you make a, a smart chain that's kind of like C, DeFi, centralized, decentralized finance, I think those coins will do well because they have added utility other than just benefits of using the exchange while holding CRO. I think you get discounts on trading fees by holding CRO. I know there's benefits. If you have a, a credit card to holding CRO, you get more rewards and whatnot. Uh, but I'd like to see more utility. And if that happens, I could see the market cap you know, doubling, tripling uh, in 2022. All right, Ryan. Luna. It's a moon. What do you think? Oh, it's a quick That was moon. cool. That was fun. Uh, yeah, I think that, that Luna is probably a moon as well. I mean, it's already moved so, 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 so much recently. Uh, it, it basically is thrown caution to the wind. Uh, nobody cares about the, the larger crypto markets. They're just buying up Luna. Uh, they cannot get their hands on enough of it. Basically, Luna uh, is an asset that stabilizes the UST stablecoin. Um, so, you know, if the peg is misbalanced, there's an arbitrage opportunity to swap Luna for $1 of UST or burn your UST for $1 of Luna, right? So this keeps the price balanced and it also makes Luna a deflationary asset, theoretically. Um, I mean, this is based on the Cosmos ecosystem. We've had some, some members from the Cosmos team on before. They are great guys. Really, really smart and lots of cool stuff uh, going on in that ecosystem. Luna is the poster child for that at this point in time. So, Logan, I need a quick refresher. Terra isn't its own layer one smart contract blockchain, right? It's built on Cosmos and it's used to algorithmically stabilize the price of UST. Is that correct? Yeah, basically. So uh, it, it uses the the Cosmos Starport SDK, which makes it really easy to launch a blockchain that plugs in and connects with all of the other uh, blockchains that are in the Cosmos ecosystem, right? Uh, including Crypto.com's, the one we just mentioned. So I believe that they do have some sort of proprietary chain that's designed specifically for this stablecoin application. Um, and, and by doing that, you can just increase a lot of efficiencies. So they do have a chain, but I wouldn't think about it as like, you know, an Ethereum or a Solana. Um, I'd think about it more as, as an application. Um, and yes, Terra is the, the coin that balances out the UST stablecoin widely used in the Cosmos ecosystem. And Logan, I didn't know this, but Cosmos is actually the second largest DeFi token by total value locked in its ecosystem. So it's second to only Ethereum. It has $178 billion of digital assets on its chain, which is absolutely insane. There's a money one. Do this one. Absolutely. Okay, let's use them tastefully. But yeah, $178 billion on Cosmos blockchain is absolutely insane. This accounts for Binance Smart Chain's total value lock because they are built on Cosmos. This accounts for Cosmos, Atom Token, of course, and Terra Luna and Crypto.com, as we mentioned before. So a ton of money is locked in Cosmos blockchain right now. And, you know, I might think it's a little undervalued right now. So I think it's definitely a moon in 2022. Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't even know that it was the second largest by TVL. We're thinking we're talking about Cosmos being undervalued right now, right? Not yeah, uh, not Terra, not not Terra, not Terra. Cosmos. Okay, Cosmos. Maybe Back we should you, Logan. 
both a little bit of a little chart. I'm having way too much fun with this button thing here. Um, Aaron Thomas is probably gonna have to take it away from me. Anyways, uh, let's see. We spent a lot of time on that one. Next up, we have. Uh, let's see. I feel like Maddox is gonna be that big mover this year, just like Soul. Glad to see you are are feeling that as well, Ryan. Uh, and congrats, Ryan, on that $506. That's great. And I hope you're still holding some, maybe take some profits. But yeah, I mean, that's huge gains. And that's what we saw in 2021 if you were in the right coins or NFTs. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, Chili's. I'm going to go with bust. What do you think? Why is that? It's a it's a fan token. So I don't think the narrative is all that strong. I haven't really looked into it too far, too deeply. Uh, but for the scope of what they're trying to accomplish, I think that there are better coins out there uh, that could have better gains in 2022. So you said it's a fan token. It's more of like a platform for fan tokens, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, and they have some pretty big deals with some pretty big uh, football clubs over in Europe or soccer, as we call it here in um the cheeseburger land uh anyways <laughs> i was looking for that <laughs> um uh um yeah, so I, th I think Chili's is probably actually going to be a good play because they have some big names already and, and they're expanding into the U.S. And I think that once they hit the U.S. retail markets, uh, there's going to be a lot of sports fans that want to get into crypto. Uh, we see like a ton of advertising from crypto exchanges in the sports area. Um, and so I think that people will, will probably like this. I think that it will probably go up, although uh, it is one that I'm not insanely, insanely familiar with. Uh, but I think the narrative around it is good. So I don't, I don't think there's too much hype around Chile. So and there's a lot of hype right. around NFTs. So you know, if you're a celebrity or if you're a team, why not just create an NFT that you can sell to your fan base directly? And then you can implement so many different things. I bet there are a lot of different programs you can implement on Chili's through your token. But I, I think NFTs have more hype. They have a more mainstream appeal right now. And honestly, they're probably easier to use being that you could use them on Polygon, on Solana, on Ethereum or on a bunch of different blockchains. I think it's a bit more accessible than it would be to use Chili's. Yeah. Uh, and, and like, I also don't see very much hype around Chili's, but I'm probably just not looking in the right places, right? So they have partnerships with FC Barcelona, Man, Man City, uh, uh, PSG, Juventus. Like, the, they have some big names. And I think that if you go into to Europe, probably you'll see a lot more people that are familiar uh, with Chili's. But um, once it spreads into the US, I mean, that's that's going to that, that could be, be really, really bullish. Yeah, that that could agree. be good. Uh, we'll have to keep our, our eyes on it going forward. Um, all right, Ryan, talk to us about SOS. SOS. SOS token just had an airdrop and they airdrop free cryptocurrency to anyone who's used OpenSea. Now, I've spent some ETH on OpenSea, but not a, a ton. I'll tell you, I've spent less than 10 ETH on OpenSea. It was mostly just for my mutant ape. And I got like 250 bucks of this airdrop. It really wasn't that big news. Most people didn't get a ton of SOS tokens. I know some people that made thousands of transactions on OpenSea or were transacting with like thousands of ETH. They got a ton because it was made proportional to the amount of activity on OpenSea. I guess this uh, SOS token is made by the OpenDAO and they want to create a marketplace similar to OpenSea and vampire attack them, essentially take their users, incentivize them with their token. I know there's been a lot of problems with OpenSea lately, so I wouldn't be surprised if a new competitor shows up in 2022 and steals market share from 
from OpenSea. I just don't know if it's going to be this open DAO. I'd never heard of it before they released their token. It seemed like a marketing scheme. And I mean, their valuation really isn't that high, which tells me that their project isn't too promising. Uh, do you have different thoughts on this? I know right when we sent it to you over Twitter, Logan, mm -hmm. you thought it might be a scam. It looked a little bit suspicious. Mm -hmm. uh, since then, I mean, a lot of people have claimed their airdrop. It, it looks legit, but I don't know how far this project will really go. Yeah, so I think SOS is one of the most interesting things that happened uh, in the like the crypto NFT space in the second half of the year. Um, so if you're not familiar, just a little bit of background. They they airdropped this token uh, to anyone who had interacted with OpenSea. Uh, the more you spent on OpenSea, the more SOS token you received, right? Um, and so what they did, they just looked at the, the Ethereum blockchain, found all of the wallets that had um, interacted with an OpenSea smart contract, and then just this pinged those uh, and sent the token to them. So right off the bat, uh, I was pretty amazed by the whole concept of it, right? I, I thought that it was very um, susceptible to being a scam. I think that like if you send it to that many people, uh, the hype was just immediate, like crazy right away. Everybody was uh, claiming, trying to get some ETH out of it, trying to claim the airdrop right away. Uh, and I doubt that many of them even did any due diligence uh, or, or research before claiming the SOS token. So uh, there could have been something in the smart contract and there still could be something in the smart contract that maybe allows somebody else to drain all the NFTs from those wallets that have claimed the airdrop. Now, uh, I don't know a, a whole lot about the, the creation of SOS and I'm not trying to accuse them. Um, I'm more explaining my thoughts on how this could be used in different ways for good and for bad, right? Um, so we saw like 50% of the airdrop claimed within a couple days. That blew my mind. Half of all the wallets who had ever interacted with OpenSea uh, were still active within a couple days. They had heard about the airdrop, meaning that they're probably connected to Twitter uh, or have friends that let them know. And they had gone in uh, and made an on-chain transaction, a claim, millions and millions of people within just a couple days. So clearly this, this business model, this marketing model, whatever you want to call it, clearly it works. And it works really, really well, uh, which terrifies me because there could uh, be projects that are not trying to create a decentralized alternative to OpenSea that do not have uh, the right intentions, that did not burn the, the private keys um, from the wallet. They could be anonymous creators. They could uh, be hackers, right? And so just based on the fact that you get an airdrop does not mean that you should claim it, right? You need to, to wait for, I mean, at least in my opinion, I'm going to wait for a while to see what happens with SOS. You the, the cutoff date for claiming is about six months from now. Excuse me. So there's plenty of time left to see what happens. Either uh, the project is going to moon, the token will go up and it will be worth it, even more worth it for me to claim it. Uh, I won't have any you know, temptation to paper hands uh, the SOS bag or it will you know, fail. Nothing will happen. The DAO won't be able to organize and collaborate uh, and the token will be worthless, in, in which case I wouldn't want to claim it anyways. And I can avoid subjecting myself to that particular smart contract risk uh, in the first place. Right. So the longer you can wait, I think, to claim an airdrop, the uh, the safer that you are, you might miss the the opportunity to dump it on on the rip though, um, because SOS is pretty far down from uh, where it peaked like the day after the airdrop.
But yeah, I mean, I think that there's going to be so many people copying this model, uh, you know, even not not just OpenSea, but like, uh, I mean, you could you could literally take any application. You could even say every wallet on Ethereum, I'm going to airdrop them something. And it costs like very little, especially with with scaling. If it's on Polygon, we already see NFT spam uh, on Polygon. So um, I'm partly excited by this and partly terrified going to be hard to keep track of all the airdrops uh a year from now i'm just making a little prediction i agree i think that airdrops are going to be really big in 2022 so if you don't have a metamask you should definitely download one start interacting with apps but like we said be careful don't just connect your wallet to any old website make sure that they've been audited make sure it's safe because as soon as you connect your wallet to a website they could drain your funds of all of the cryptocurrency, all the NFTs you have in your wallet if there's malicious code. So definitely be very careful with where you connect your wallet to, but there's a lot of opportunity in 2022 to get some airdrops. Yo, this just made my January. Ryan, thank you so much for the 20 bucks. First time watcher, love the show. Uh, I can already tell you guys are more knowledgeable than 99% of crypto YouTubers. The Solana NFT scene has been exploding lately. Uh, the growth numbers from Phantom Wallet and Magic Eden is insane. Ryan, thank you so much for, for tuning in for the first time. We hope you'll subscribe uh, and come back for more. If, you, if you're around Benzinga just for the crypto content, we also have a Benzinga crypto separate YouTube channel. Uh, that's the top link in the description below. We're getting our, our best clips from Moon or Bust history and some other uh, you know shorter form videos that are more digestible. We know not everyone can tune into a live stream in the middle of the day. So uh, check out the Benzinga crypto channel if, if you haven't yet. Um, but yeah, we got a lot more great comments. Uh, so much interaction today. I'm sorry, we we're not probably uh, not going to have time to get to all of it. Um, Yo, Logan, real quick. Yeah. Ryan mentioned Phantom Wallet and Eden. I'm not sure if that's Eden Network, if Magic that's Eden a good point. and Eden Network are the same thing. But we did have interviews with both Eden Network, which is great for copying NFTs on Mint, and mm -hmm. the founder of Phantom Wallet. So if you're interested in those products, definitely check them out. Really smart guys, very insightful information. So if you haven't watched those two, definitely go take a look at them. Definitely. I think we'll, we'll have a clip with the Phantom interview coming out in the next week or two here. But you can also just go back to the live stream to find it. Uh, Magic Eden is the open sea of Solana. Interesting. Gotcha. Okay. We'll, have to, we'll have to look into that for next time. Um, okay, we got a couple more questions here. Um, yeah, someone's saying that Chili's is huge in, in Europe. Just starting to get into the US now. Might be some alpha there. Uh, Hadid wants to know which do you like best, Luna, Soul, or Ada? Um, uh, you know, putting my my mouth where my money is, I have the my largest position. I think is in Cardano, although that's actually my least favorite out of the three. Uh, so I might need to might need to make some portfolio adjustments there. I, I like Luna. I think its application is top tier. I like Solana. I think its application is top tier. Uh, however, uh, Cardano, on the other hand, I think is is a pretty mid blockchain at least so far. We have basically no DeFi activity going on. We did see uh, something. So <laughs> there's one DeFi application on Cardano. Yeah, there's one DeFi application on Cardano now. Uh, so I guess I can't say there's no DeFi. With a whopping $846,000 locked. You know what you could buy with $800,000? Mm, like two board apes? Yeah, literally, that's it. Uh, and that's the entire value locked on Cardano. So keep that in mind. On the other hand, I do think that 
Charles Hoskinson is a great hype man. I think that uh, people love to buy the Cardano narrative. I think there is a community there. Um, They're probably very depressed at this point, but there is still a community there. And I think that community could continue to grow into 2022. That being said, uh, Cardano is is down bad right now. It's like a buck 30 after reaching a little bit over three dollars. So I mean, I wouldn't be selling right now. Uh, I'm, I'm personally not going to be selling at, at this point. I definitely don't want to sell the bottom. I think that that you know we could see five dollars if it gets to five bucks. I'll probably try to close most of my position. But I've I've seen other analysts that are even more bullish, uh, calling for eight to ten dollar ADA. Um, but yeah, I think that I would rank them like uh, Solana one, Luna two, Ada three, uh, from a, from a fundamental perspective, not from a gains perspective, Ryan, you agree? I agree. And I think Cardano could go to $5 without having an ecosystem, even in 2022, (laughs) right? I mean, so much is based off of hype that $5 really wouldn't be that hard to accomplish. We've already been to $3. So that's less than a hundred percent appreciation from its all time high. Mm. Uh, and I think that if they can develop an ecosystem, then, you know, eight to $10 is in play. A lot of people do like Cardano and once they can actually use its blockchain, you know, it's it might be unstoppable. It might be a a a, a Ethereum killer, <laughs> but probably not. Probably not. All right, uh, Algo Moon or Bust. I like it. Uh, I have a lot of friends that like Algo. Uh, they believe in it a lot. There's uh, ecosystem being developed on it. I know there's some decentralized exchanges doing pretty well. Uh, I'm not really sure where it stands out as far as its consensus mechanism compared to other proof of stake blockchains. So I, I don't know over the long term, but I think this is another coin that will do well in 2022. Agreed. DYDX. That's a hard one. What do you think? I like DYDX. They do a ton of DeFi volume compared to the other exchanges. Obviously, because it's a derivatives exchange, uh, there's there's more money that flows through the derivatives than through spot. Um, you can't use it. You in can't the US, use it in right? the U.S. That's the only That's downside. The problem, However, I think that that actually might be an upside, right? Because we see, uh, you know, Uniswap is usable in the U.S., but they're not providing tax documents, right? So it's going to be hard to, uh, you know, use it correctly. Uh, and report as a, as a U.S. citizen. And, and there's also the risk that uh, it could get shut down, right? The U.S. could um, say, hey, you guys can't, uh, you know, let this DeFi nonsense go on in our country. Uh, whereas DYDX has taken some uh, precautionary steps here, right? So uh, the SEC probably won't end up investigating them if you can't use it in the U.S., right? So they're eliminating the possibility for some FUD, uh, although I would love to, to use it myself. Um, but there are there are alternatives out there. I do think DYDX is going to be a good play uh, in 2022. I think that's a good take. Uh, Zilliqa, Ryan. Do you know much about I'm Zilliqa? I'm not familiar with Zilliqa, no. Yeah, I'm not either. Um, let's just move on for now. We could try to get back to it uh, on the next episode, Ryan. Um, Sandbox. Obviously, Sandbox is going to be huge this year. See, we got Wi-Fi. I'm very bullish on Wi-Fi this year. I think that um, Yearn has has always been a leader of the pack, and I don't think that's going to change. I agree. And they recently announced changes to their tokenomics. I saw their post on Twitter, but I didn't read the documents. Uh, but that's what caused the recent pump. So it was trading around $21,000 not too long ago, less than a month ago. Now it's close to $40,000. So, I mean, it depreciated a little lot recently with the DeFi bear market, as some call it. Uh, but it's recently been gaining traction again. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, where this goes. I'm assuming you didn't uh, see that post on Twitter. 
No. Okay. We'll have to look into that because that's definitely why the price appreciated almost 100% in a matter of weeks. Jeez. And we'll, we'll talk about that DeFi bear market in a second. Um, but Loopring is up first. I think Loopring's good. I like layer twos, but I think a lot of the attention will be on Polygon over the next year. I mean, Vitalik supports it so much. It's going to play a huge role in Ethereum's ecosystem. So if I were to choose a layer two, it would definitely be the Matic network, not Loopring. But I know Loopring has been one of the first to work with zero knowledge, ZK rollups or ZK proof slogan. I'm not sure which one they're working on, uh, but I know they've been in the ZK space now for a minute, maybe even before Polygon. Uh, so I think that will probably be a trend in 2022. Layer two solutions using zero knowledge technology, which Loopring is one of those. So I, I do think it will do well in 2022, uh, but Matic Network may outperform. All right, awesome. Uh, okay, so let's talk about DeFi being dead because I'm not buying it. Uh, so here we have Glassnode. This is a blockchain analytics platform. Um, and we could see here, this is the chart of the total value locked in DeFi smart contracts. So this is going from, you know, basically the beginning of DeFi, March of 2020 uh, to today, actually January of 2020 until today. Uh, so we saw the, the first peak of this market cycle happen uh, in May of 2021. We saw DeFi volume and TVL drop off sharply after that. Uh, but quietly, most people have not been paying attention. It has almost doubled since that previous peak. Okay. So it topped out at 150, uh, you know, million, no billion dollars, excuse me. That's a lot of money. Uh, and now it's almost at 260 billion almost at 300 billion dollars so the the narrative that that defi is in a bear market sure the token prices might be going down uh however defi adoption and, and total value locked is continuing a strong 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 uptrend ryan what what do you take away from this chart I think that this chart isn't even as bullish as it actually is, right? Because DeFi tokens are down like 50% from their all-time highs, at least a lot of them that have a ton of total value locked on Ethereum. So like Uniswap, SushiSwap, all these tokens are down at least 50% from their all-time highs, but we're up big right now uh, in, in the total value locked on Ethereum. Uh, so I, I think that's very bullish. If we were back to all-time highs for these DeFi tokens, then the TVL <laughs> would probably be well over $300 billion already but it's not so uh we definitely still have room to grow even if people weren't depositing as long as the token pr prices appreciate then that statistic will be going up all right i'll stop messing around with with the, the stuff here i just want to find something that looks good where you guys can see us uh all right we'll, we'll go with that for a while um yeah, Ryan, I agree with you i'm very bullish on DeFi, and i think that the we're about to see another little little uh we could see a, a breakout right here it looks kind of like this section over here maybe but we'll have to see uh another interesting number is the number of addresses ethereum addresses with a non-zero balance so um we saw a, a couple of wallets being zeroed out after the uh the peak in may since then, however, since uh, mid-August, beginning of August, we've seen the number of non-zero balances increasing continually. Um, Ryan, do you have any takeaways from this? I mean, it, 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's really impressive. I'm finishing up a data study for 2021 on on-chain analytics for Ethereum and Bitcoin. And Ethereum has outperformed all of these metrics as opposed to Bitcoin by about four times. So wow. about four times the amount of new wallets have been made on Ethereum as there have been on Bitcoin over 2021. I think a lot of that is attributed to NFTs and DeFi. Now, mm-hmm. you kind of need to have an Ethereum wallet to use Ethereum the way it's intended. Whereas Bitcoin, you can just hold it on exchange, wait for the price to appreciate it and sell it when when you see fit uh, with Ethereum, you know, you have to interact with all these different applications, which means you need a wallet to do so. And same with NFTs for the most part, at least right now, before Coinbase NFT is out, you have to use an Ethereum wallet, send Ether to that Ethereum wallet, and then use OpenSea to buy and sell NFTs. So I think that's why we've seen such huge adoption for Ethereum over this past year, as opposed to what we've seen with Bitcoin, which was also good adoption. I mean, we saw large rates of increase for, you know, new wallets, new wallets without a zero balance and a lot of other metrics as well. Mm-hmm. Ryan, are there any other Glassnode charts that you want to take a look at today? Maybe ETH held on exchanges. I like that one. We've okay. been over it before, just maybe shortly. Uh, I know you wanted to look at, at Polkadot and Chainlink and maybe Poly... Well, we looked at Polygon, but yeah. Polkadot and Chainlink possibly. Uh, but if not, we could go straight to NFTs after this. Yeah, so here we have the exchange dashboard kindly provided by Glassnode, we could see the balance on exchanges has dwindled throughout the majority of 2021. uh, And we're seeing a a recent uptick. So uh, exchanges have been loading up, uh, I suspect, because they're anticipating some, some sharp price action. What do you think? That could definitely be it. And I wonder if exchanges will be trying to load up ETH before ETH 2.0 comes out because they may have a liquidity crisis when that happens. Mm-hmm. If the people staking on Ethereum 2.0 through an exchange. So I don't know if you guys know this, but you can actually stake on Ethereum 2.0 on an exchange like Coinbase and they take a small cut. So maybe instead of earning six and a half percent annual interest, you'll earn six percent instead. Uh, and otherwise, you'd have to stake 32 Ethereum to have your own validator node. Uh, but when Ethereum 2.0 comes out, then all of that Ether staked right now on the beacon chain will be liquid and people can sell. So I'm wondering, you know, can exchanges or are exchanges rather loading up on Ethereum uh, to be prepared for when Ethereum 2.0 finally launches and people can sell their Ether that they've staked over the past year? That's a really interesting question, Ryan. I had not thought about that before. So on the one hand, a bunch of people who are validating themselves uh, are going to you know, have it liquid once again, and they could be looking to exit or they could be looking to just continue, uh, you know, generating revenue from it. On the other hand, all the people that staked their ETH on Coinbase or through Coinbase, uh, that's about to become liquid again. And I guess it's just going to go into their Coinbase wallet. Like, uh, well, actually, no, I bet that Coinbase will have to keep all of it staked and validating and then the users will be able to, to take it out and make it liquid again but uh i mean i don't i don't see that coming uh you know in the next couple months so i'm not sure if if their uh, exchange activity is is directly correlated with that but it is an interesting question you raise ryan yeah at this point i agree it's a bit of dubious speculation at best mm-hmm. should we look at nfts let's do it all right guys before we look at nfts this is where all the money is at Please give us a like on the stream or I will screenshot your JPEGs. You do not want that. They will become valueless. So please give us a like or I will screenshot your JPEGs. They will be mine. I will sell them on OpenSea and make six-figure profits. Guys, he's not playing around. He'll actually screenshot your JPEGs. Drop a like or it's over for you. 
All right. All right. I think we should get right into Board API Club and <laughs> API Club. Turn that shit off, Logan. I swear to God. I wrote that joke, man. I can I can make crickets if I want. Uh, uh, Board API Club. Take so it away. Board Apes. I mean, Board Apes have been doing extremely well recently. We're at over a 73 ETH floor, about $300,000 to get your hands on one. But I think most of the attention right now is on Mutant API Club. The floor was about eight or nine ETH just a week ago. And now, you know, we saw over 16 ETH, but now we're at right around 14, 15 ETH valuation. Uh, do you have any hot takes on Board API Club? I feel like most of the attention has been on the mutants. Uh, one thing for Board Apes, Eminem copped a Board Ape uh, just a few days ago for about four hundred fifty thousand dollars. And Murda Beats. If you've ever heard a song that starts with Murda on the beat, so it's not nice. Oh, it's not Murda Beats. Holla at me. Is that a different producer? Maybe he has two tags. Yeah, I mean he's pretty famous. Not as famous as Eminem, uh, and that's why he was only able to afford to cop a mutant <laughs> ape and not a Board Ape. Uh, but Murda Beats has a mutant ape. He actually got two um, over the weekend. Uh, Eminem got a board ape. So we're seeing more and more celebrities get in on this. And I think the brand and the NFT project just gets stronger and stronger as these big name celebrities get in on the project. Yeah. Speaking of big name celebrities, Paris Hilton changed her Twitter name to ParisHilton.eth. Uh, it feels like uh, like once an hour, I'm seeing a celeb pick up an ENS domain, uh, you know, tweet something about Web3, pick up a, a board ape, pick up a mutant ape. I mean, it's almost nonstop. The hype is really, really, really real right now, um, especially especially if you're looking on Twitter. But uh, Mutant API Club has has been the source of, of a lot of attention lately as the price has broken out from all time. We saw this, you know, big kind of cup consolidation thing here. Um, and then we saw like the little baby Jimmy Kimmel pickups post malone pickup right here followed by another little correction consolidation and now since uh you know i think christmas has something to do with it uh and also just more and more eyes are, are i think a big thing that made this happen was the m3 serum so last yeah. week the co-founder of ethereum not vitalik but one of the other co-founders of ethereum i think his name is tyler Gehring. he bought a m3 serum there were only three or four of them left for 888 ethereum that at the time was the biggest board ape yacht club or mutant ape yacht club sale ever it was about 3.5 million dollars and the very next day somebody else bought one for 999 ethereum almost four million dollars so everyone was just blown away by these two huge sales one of them was revealed the other one has not yet been revealed but then just a few days after that, somebody bought one of, I think it was two or three left of these M3 serums for 1,542 ETH. So this is the biggest sale ever for Board Ape Yacht Club or Mutant Ape Yacht Club and one of the largest NFT sales ever. Uh, and that one was about $5.7 million. So a lot of attention has been brought to Mutant Ape Yacht Club through these M3 sales. Uh, but yeah, Logan, you just pulled up that Mega Mutant. If you want to mm -hmm. go through that, maybe talk about the live stream, what happened, how this got minted. Uh, and, and maybe just go through that. Yeah, sure. So uh, these serums were airdropped to all the Board Ape Yacht Club holders. Uh, and what you could do is you could go on the Board Ape website. It would check to see if you have a Board Ape in your collection, and it would also check to see if you have any of the serums in your collection, right? Uh, so at that point, you could, uh, you know, do a little on-chain transaction, pay a marginal gas fee and it would take the serum and mint you it would burn the serum and mint you a new mutant it doesn't get rid of the board ape or anything uh it just creates a new mutant so there are twenty thousand mutes 
uh, mutants that are potentially uh, going to be minted, but we see that that number is not achieved yet. Right now, there's only 17.6 thousand. So that means that uh, a handful of, well, I guess approximately one, uh, wait, there's only three. Uh, okay, I don't know where it shows the, the number of each, but there are M1 mutants left to be created. There are M2 mutants left to be created, and there are M3 mutants left to be created precisely three of them so these m3s these mega mutants these uh are these green ones that you can see right here they're all tied for first place in rarity if you wanted to get your hands on one of them now this one is listed slash was listed nope it is listed right now for 11.3 million dollars so uh you know return that boat that you got for christmas uh and then pick this up instead i think it's probably a better investment <laughs> Not financial advice. Um, but yeah, this has been driving a ton of hype. Uh, so has Christmas. Everybody's been gifting board apes, gifting mutant apes. Uh, and it's getting in front of so many new eyes for the first time. Even Dave Chappelle got one. How could we forget to mention that? Dave Chappelle got one too. Uh, and he has had the pimp coat attribute on it. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, Ryan. So were, were you asking me something about like any crazy predictions on the mutants? I wasn't, but I'm interested to hear. I mean, I'm extremely bullish on the mutants as well. I think that there'll be at least a 25 ETH floor this year, but I wouldn't be surprised if it goes a lot higher than that. Yeah, it sounds a little nuts, uh, but I think that we could see like up to a 50 ETH floor at some point. I mean, depending on who you ask, you might hear like a 100 ETH floor. Um, board Apes could go to, to 250 at that point. I don't think that a $50 mutant floor would be unreasonable. Um, but let us know what you guys think down in the comments. Uh, are you guys paying attention to Mutant Apes, Board Apes? Have you heard your friends, family talk about it uh, at all recently? I feel like that, that this project will be a ton, millions and millions of people's first time ever hearing uh, about Ether or about NFTs or about the blockchain. Um, and my thesis yeah. is mostly on the play to earn game coming made in collaboration with Animoca Brands. Animoca Brands is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, if you guys have watched the show, you might know that I interviewed him on CoinGeckoCon's panel. Uh, but he's essentially created a, a VC that has invested in Axie Infinity, in MetaMask, uh, in Decentraland, in the Sandbox, and basically every and all crypto that's w involved in the metaverse. So they absolutely do know what they're doing, and they're going to make a great play-to-earn game for Board API Club. And being that there's only 30000 in the collection ever to be in the collection to earn Ape Token once that comes out, I think that will be you know a passive income stream for board ape and mutant ape holders that could definitely drive the value of these nfts up you know granting it new utility that they didn't have otherwise mm -hmm. uh and, and so now that most people are priced out of board ape yacht club and mutant ape yacht club uh there have been a couple smaller projects that have been really taking off lately one of them is little lemon friends i found out about this early um from you know maz chris catchy scott connors the guys from the roadmap show uh they're uh, NFT Discord Alpha Mint uh, had these guys on before they even minted. They've been following this project for a while, and it has been taking off quite a bit. Especially, um, you know, two days ago on the first, uh, the average price was 0.4, whereas when it minted, they were going for the lows. Uh, I have one of these. I got it a, a couple of weeks ago, uh, and I know that some of our viewers out there have them as well. Um, but 
let's take a look at the alien friends, Ryan. I know you put this one on the notes for today, so I'll let you take it away. I did. I haven't been following, but I know that there's been a lot of hype. The floor is about doubled in the past week. Uh, and as you can see, uh, lots of hype, lots of volume. This is a newer release. I do like it, though. You know, I, Little Lemons, the one problem I have is I think they look too similar. And I think that's a mistake that a lot of NFT projects have made, like the Mechaverse and a few others. Uh, here we see a lot of variety, and I, I like the vibe. It's different than Board Ape Yacht Club. Still like different enough than Cool Cats, where it's not like a copy of Cool Cats. Uh, so I, I could see them carving out a niche following here uh, with these silly little NFTs that they're selling. I don't really know if they've added any utility to them just yet, uh, but usually that comes later once the community is built up around them. Yeah, I, I do like the Alien Friends, and I didn't really know a whole lot about them, um, but they were also brought up in the Alphamid Discord. I know a lot of those guys have them. My little brother, I got him into NFTs last summer, uh, and he had a lemon. He had an Alien Friend, and I saw the price on these just rip. He had made a ton of money. I'm like, hey, man, you might want to might want to take some profits. You know, just it's never a bad bad strategy to make money. Uh, but he did. I think he he sold his around 0.4, and now I feel awful. I feel so bad. I might have to buy him one. Do you know what he got it for? He got it for less than 0.1. Okay. He was he was really early. Um and he he traded a couple of them. So he made some money on the way up. Um, but I don't think he has any exposure right now. So we'll have to see. He is still holding on to a lemon. So I'm I'm I have my fingers crossed that, that one will will play out well for him. Um all right. I'm gonna go back to take another peek at the comments, see what we've been uh what, what everybody's been talking about. So uh ryan what's your thought on collecting small cap nfts right now for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I wouldn't do it. I would mint a small cap NFT if there's a lot of hype around the mint, but I wouldn't get into a small cap NFT. I think they're just too risky. I have a high allocation of NFTs already with my mutant ape. Mm -hmm. So I'm not really looking to get into any of these projects that are, uh, you know, have a smaller following, maybe less than 5,000 holders, don't have a high daily volume, just a lot more risky. You know, a lot of these NFTs don't have inherent value anyways. It really depends on the community behind it, uh, the celebrities and the utility that are given. And usually these smaller projects, they don't have celebrities in on them. They don't have much utility. Uh, so I, I usually stay away unless I see, you know, if a Discord has 100,000 members, then you bet I'm going to try and mint it because there's basically guaranteed instant profit if you can get in on that mint. Mm hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, community is definitely the one thing to look out for at this point. I'm really not too, uh, I'm not spending a whole lot of time looking for these small cap NFT projects. Um, you know, I have a lot of friends that are in the Alpha Mint community, so they will let me know if something is is worth looking into. Um, but right now, I just don't think that it's a safe enough bet. I think that it's basically gambling uh, and, and you're gambling with, with your precious ETH right now. So keep that in mind uh but if you like the art you know you do you uh let's see we have three minutes left what so we did, should we talk about we did have a segment on how to get crypto airdrops oh shoot 
we were talking about airdrops earlier on. I mean, we've been saying that there's been a lot of crypto airdrops coming up in 2022. Mm-hmm. We had ENS domains airdrop us like $15,000 for having a .eth domain that we got for $50. And there's been, you know, the Uniswap, the SOS token, the gas token. Uh, by the way, there is a gas token airdrop. If you spent over $1,559 on Ethereum gas fees, you can claim that. Not a huge one, but there's also been uh, Mirror Protocol, there's been a few other ones, but there's definitely going to be more in 2022. And we want to have a special to teach you guys how to get some of these crypto airdrops. There's a few that are coming up that are very likely to drop tokens, you know, within the next couple months. So stay tuned, Logan. I think we should do that one. Say I'm going to, I'm going to, no, I'm going to pull up one because okay, I feel bad. I promised everybody that we would give some airdrop alpha. So smash the like because we're doing it in the last second. Uh, okay. So this is ZK Sync, Ryan. You can hit us with this sound. Okay, so this is ZK Sync. This is a zero knowledge proof layer two scaling solution for Ethereum that is integrated with the Argent wallet. Okay, you can deposit right to it. Uh, and Argent wallet is already pretty big. I think that ZK Sync is going to pick up a lot of traction, a lot of volume in 2022, along with the rest of the ZK uh, layer twos. Zero knowledge proofs, ZK technology. Long story short, instead of making the blocks bigger, you make the transactions smaller. That way you can fit more in each block. Uh, so uh, ZK Sync has announced that they are going to make a token. They're going to do a fair launch of that token, uh, which more than likely means an airdrop, right? So if you head over to zksync.io, you can send some funds over to the layer two. Uh, I have not used the layer two yet, but I sent over uh, about 40 bucks. The fee was actually like surprisingly low. Like when I was bridging to Polygon, it was over a hundred bucks. Uh, but when I bridged to ZK Sync, it was like, $35. Now that could have just been uh, the price of Gwei at the time. Uh, however, I think that you can definitely take advantage of this. So I put like, I have like $80, $70 uh, into, um, you know, this little experiment here. And hopefully I'll get an airdrop that's worth potentially much more than that. Uh, I might uh, be might benefit myself to to go find some applications on ZK Sync's uh, blockchain, connect my, my MetaMask wallet by adding the network. Um, but I have not done that yet. And it will probably, like, so a lot of airdrops, they give out uh, more tokens based on how much and uh, what types of applications you use. So um, that is my, my airdrop alpha for today. But we will have more and more and more coming in 2022. So if this is your first time on Benzinga or Moon or Bust, what took you so long? Uh, make sure you subscribe, drop a like if you enjoyed today's episode. Once again, shout out to Ryan for the 20 bucks earlier. Uh, and shout out to, to that Ryan for great co-hosting work today. That is all we have time for. Uh, so we will let you go. But thank you once again for tuning in. Happy New Year. We'll see you on Friday.